Be not afraid. I'm with you. Wonderful to sing it. Wonderful to know it. And I find that for myself, I think over the last five years while in Taiwan, I've had to remind myself many times uh, that God is, God is with us. We have faced uh, challenges and joys, and uh, through it all, He has been with us. Uh, thank you to those of us, uh, those who led worship today. It was beautiful. It's, I find it still a treat to sing in English. Uh, thank you also to Ascension Presbyterian. Uh, you have stood with us since the beginning. It was the end of 2011 that our family left for Taiwan. And uh, you have supported us the whole time. We are grateful for that support, and we recognize that it is because of uh, individuals, families, and churches that have supported us that we can be in Taiwan and that we can serve him there. Uh, we look forward to getting to know you better throughout uh, the year that we are back here in the U.S., and um, hopefully this can be uh, the first time, but maybe there can be other times where we we come back as a family and, um, and get to know you. And then also other, other activities that are involved in the church. Uh, so, Oh, and today, after, after the service, we will be sharing more details about our, our time in Taiwan. We will start with a game, and there will be prizes. Uh, in the back, uh, behind the, behind the um, there's a table back there that has some information about Taiwan. There's prayer guides on Taiwan and the working class that we are seeking to reach. Please feel free to take them, but uh, even more so, please feel free to pray. Uh, we also have some sheets. If you would like to receive our, um, our prayer letters, you can write your address down that and send it directly to OMF or hand it into um, my hand or my wife's hand sometime today. So we look forward to getting to know you better today. Uh, I will begin with prayer and then read today's passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are God over the whole earth. That you rule supreme here in Hillsborough and in Taiwan and corners of the world that we don't even know about. Thank you that you are God, that you are, that, that is drawing people to yourself and thank you that we get to be a part of it. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and how it is because of what he has done on our behalf that we can be in this relationship with you. Allow this to be our foundation, our motivation, and our passion for having your truth and your love to go to the nations. I thank you for this time and for your word, and I pray for uh, the ability to, to preach it clearly. Uh, we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
for you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, When I was young, I had uh, the privilege of growing up in a very missions-minded church. And I remember as a child just sitting and looking at these missionaries and being amazed. But then a question hit me one day and I thought, is the main point of Christianity just to tell people about Christianity? Is this what we're here for? Are we just to tell people about what we do? I was confused. It didn't feel right. It felt empty. There's got to be more. And of course, there is more. There's a lot more than just telling people about Christianity. It's about living it and experiencing the blessing for ourselves and then letting it flow forward. Hudson Taylor uh, started China Inland Mission in 1865. Uh, China Inland Mission has now become OMF International, the organization that Faith and I serve with in Taiwan. And there's a quote. I think it's actually in your bulletin. It might be at the front of your bulletin. Hudson Taylor said this. If I had a thousand pounds, China should have it. If I had a thousand lives, China should have them. No. Not China, but Christ. Can we do too much for him? Can we do enough for such a precious Savior? Sadly, I've seen this quote uh, truncated, cut in half. And they cut it right before he says no. China should have it. But even Hudson Taylor caught himself and said, no, no, not China. It's Christ. Because it's not about China. And for us, it's not about Taiwan. It's about the gospel. The reason we want Taiwan to hear about the gospel is because the gospel's that good. Because our lives have been changed. We have experienced the blessing. The joy, the peace that comes with the blessing. Relationship with God. This is what makes it all valuable. The fact that we have been blessed. And this is what we see in this psalm, in Psalm 67. This psalm teaches that those who know God have been blessed and will be blessed. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your life has been impacted. At least it better be. Your life better have been impacted by the gospel if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And you should want this blessing to go forward to the nations. So, here's the main point of the sermon. A result of God's blessing in my life is my desire for the peoples of this world to know this blessing. Or actually, let me make it personal. The result of God's blessing in your life is your desire for the peoples of the world to know this blessing. Uh, Look at the 
look at the psalm in front of you. You can either look at it in your Bible or um, in the bulletin, your phone if you're so inclined. There is a, this is what we call a chiastic structure. Don't be worried about the big, big term because I'll explain it. Or maybe you already know. Chiastic structure is the main idea, and this is common in Hebrew poetry, the main idea that is presented at the beginning is also presented at the end. The second idea is also the second last idea. And then you have the middle idea. And we see this in chiastic structure, and it can be more or less. But the thrust, if you think of it like an arrow, the thrust is towards the middle. Verse 4. At least that is the way the, the thrust is in this structure. Um, so with that in mind, let us look at both the beginning and the ending. Verses, verse 1. Verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless, bless us, and make his face to shine upon us. Followed by it jumping down to verse 7, God shall bless us. The author of this psalm is both crying out for God to bless them and then assuring that it will happen in verse 7. So we recognize that God, God will bless us, but he has already blessed us and he is blessing us. We are a blessed people and we call out for God's blessing. Uh, this psalm obviously was written to the people of Israel before the coming of the Messiah. Today, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are God's people. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a blessed person. And we know that the foundation of this blessing is the gospel. Uh, look at Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. Paul wrote, But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. If you have repented and believed that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead, your sins are forgiven and you're a child of God. It doesn't get any better than this for blessing. This is the blessing. When I was a child, I thought you enter into a relationship with God so that you can go to heaven. <sighs> heaven, that sounds a lot better than hell. I'll take it. Now I realize that is part of the blessing, but also that we are changed for here and now. That God enters into this relationship with us and starts now. And then it lasts down into eternity. The gospel is not merely a door into our relationship with God. It is our foundation. It is also the form of our identity. Remind yourself of this daily. This is your great blessing. The blessing that comes. Uh, he gives grace, peace, and joy. Uh, a few months ago, I was living in a small town in Taiwan. Taiwan is about 4 or 5% Christian, but if you go out to the countryside uh, where we are working, it's less than 1% Christian. My neighbor and I were talking, and she told me, knowing that we are Christian missionaries, she said, I know 
that Christians are different. That's a wonderful thing to hear in a place where there are so few Christians. She says, I know that Christians are different. And I said, well, how do you know that? She looked at me and she said, a friend of a friend became a Christian. And she has been experiencing true peace and joy like I have never seen. So my follow-up question was, when you go to the temple, do you experience peace? So to make it personal to her, when you go to the temple, and in Taiwan almost everybody goes to the temple, doesn't matter what, what temple, as long as it can work, when you go to the temple, do you experience peace? And she laughed. She said, no. Like it was the dumbest question I could ever ask. Why would I ever experience peace? You see, when somebody goes and worships in Taiwan, it's not out of a relational context. They're not thinking I have any relationship with this God. In fact, they will go to the temple and they will say to the God, Hello, uh, my name is Brian Jansen. I live at 2304 Northeast 106th Street, Vancouver, Washington. Now, they don't live in Vancouver, Washington, but they would tell their address and their name to the God. So the God knows where to go to give them what they want. Worship in Taiwan is transactional. You go to the idols. You give your offering. Insert A, receive B back. The idea of blessing and peace and joy that we experience in our lives is almost completely unheard of or understood in their, uh, their religious context. We must recognize that this blessing is foundational, but it's also very different from the way that, that other people are worshiping. And as a side note here, I see it a tragedy that many people in the Christian church in America uh, started to come to church in search of health and wealth. To our shame. The greatest gift God gives us is himself. And with that comes joy and uh, peace, love. Uh, sadly also, as a side note here, in Taiwan... Uh, even with a small percentage of Christians, we do have some Christian bookstores. And uh, once you fight your way through the potpourri and, um, and wall hangings and you get to the books, uh, you will see Joel Osteen and others translated into Chinese. Uh, sometimes people will exchange the idols for the God of the Bible to see what they can get as well. God gives himself, and the blessing that comes with it is, um, is the greatest blessing that we can ever have. Please look at uh, Psalm 62, verse, verse 2. I just want to look at this one phrase. That your ways may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Uh, this word, that, is so important. Some, uh, some translations, I think NIV and a few others say, so that. But the idea is, it's connecting two different ideas. It's important when reading the Bible to see how these ideas are connected. You're blessed, you are blessed so that God's ways may be known on earth. 
And we also notice here, actually, there's a, trans, a change in pronouns. Suddenly, uh, the writer of this psalm is saying, your ways may be known. Kind of, we see this dance of pronouns all the time in, in the psalms. It's interesting. Suddenly, he's saying, your ways. Your ways, God. Bless us so that you may be known and overflow. A blessed, a blessed life does not hide their blessing. Uh, in the same way, if, um, if you feel like, well, when somebody is, um, gets engaged, they're not like, well, <laughs> I won't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to see this ring. I don't want people to know. An engaged person is like, oh, love is abounding. Look at me. This is good. This is the best relationship. And that's how I view missions. It's just an overflow. Uh, when we go to Taiwan, it's not some, some secret trick we're trying to do. It's just an overflow of what God has already done in our lives. No greater blessing could be given to you than has already been given to you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are in this relationship. You are a child of God. And let it overflow. Let's look at the middle. Verses 3 through 5. In this chiastic structure, I'm going to look at the, the two parts and then the middle. It's uh, what I call the, um, the praise sandwich. We have the, the bread of praise at the beginning and the bread of praise at the end. Verses 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Hear it again in verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then the thrust pointing towards the middle. The nations are glad. And why are they glad? For you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon earth. A description of something that God does. They're finding their joy in knowing who God is and what he does. As a result of praising God, people find their true joy in him. God desires for people to come to him and to know this joy. If it is his passion, should it not be ours also? Uh, my dad is, was born and raised in Germany. When he was 17, he came to Canada. If you know how typical, and he's also an engineer, and if you know, if you've ever been uh, the son of a German engineer, you know that they are calm and collected people. Except when soccer is on the TV. I remember watching World Cup soccer and thinking, what has happened to my dad? This guy's a crazy man when soccer's on TV. Every four years, my dad would lose his mind watching Germany play soccer. And I would sit beside him as a young boy and learn, okay, Germany made a good save. This is when we jump, jump up and scream. Germany scored. We're going to throw our arms around and scream. My dad's passion for soccer trickled its way into my heart. I still, at this stage, if, I, um, if Germany is playing soccer, I will do whatever I can to try to watch it. It's pretty hard to find in Taiwan. But my passion remains the same. I want Germany to win the World Cup. 
more than America, more than Canada, and I can't stop myself because that passion has been put in here by being that young boy that stands beside his dad and watches with him. If a father's passion can trickle down into his son's heart and last for decades, how much more should our Heavenly Father's passion stick with us? And if it is his passion to reach the nations, should that not also be our passion? Another quick story about Taiwan. I was um, studying at a 7-Eleven. I know that sounds weird, but come visit me in Taiwan. You'll realize 7-Elevens are great to do everything at. I'm studying Mandarin at a 7-Eleven, and a, a man comes and uh, sits down with me, and he asks me the most common question that is asked of um, white foreigners in Taiwan. Are you an English teacher? I told him no, but I was a missionary. The follow-up question is often very similar as well. Oh, so you're a Mormon? No, I'm a Christian missionary. We talked and we had a, lot, a very engaging uh, conversation for about 40 minutes. And he asked me what life is like being a missionary. The one question that st- stood out during that time was this. So is your job as a missionary to brainwash people? I felt a little defensive. I looked at him and I said, I want people to worship the true God. I want people to know God. Because I want people to feel real joy and peace. He seemed to think that was a good answer. (laughs) Uh, The gospel is a message of joy and hope for a broken world. The truth of the gospel gives hope for today and hope for eternity. And I believe it is a message worth sharing with your neighbors here in Hillsboro, with those in Taiwan, and on to the ends of the earth. So I want to give you some ideas about what it could look like in your life to be a part of what God is doing around the world. Uh, I understand not every Christian will leave their country and move to another location to spread the gospel. We need Christians here living out their faith. But every Christian can have a part of what God is doing around the world. John Stott put it this way. We must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. So, some of you may have the opportunity to go to another place. Uh, Maybe you can go, go live the rest of your days somewhere else. Or come to Taiwan on a short-term trip. Uh, I would love it if, if, we, if Eric and I or others here start talking, what would it look like in a couple years to have people coming from Ascension Presbyterian serving in Taiwan for a few months? When I go back, to, or when our family goes back to Taiwan, we want to start a ministry to college-age students. And you know what college-age students want? They want you guys to come and speak English to them. And then we have the Mandarin to follow up with talking with them more in detail about their lives and about the gospel. But possibly some of them, might, you might even be able to have a, an, enough um, connection with in English. There are opportunities in Taiwan. And um, it's not too early for us to even start talking about what does it look like for Ascension Presbyterian to send out a short-term team. 
we are in this relationship, meaning our family as missionaries and this church, I would love to have um, some of you come and see the work and for us also to receive the blessing of being encouraged by you. Uh, when we serve God in another place, we have the opportunity to serve him. But from what I've seen in short-term missions, God also works deeply in the hearts of those who go. Uh, sending. Uh, we need people to send. Your church is sending us, and uh, there are many individuals, families, and churches that have sent us with um, financial aid, um, care packages, other ways. Be a part of um, sending us out. In the back, we have something like a, it's called a commitment card. If you would like to be put on our prayer list, please feel free to take that, sign it. You can give it to us or um, send it into OMF. Prayer. Uh, it's hard to underestimate the importance of prayer. It's easy to forget about how important it is but it's hard to underestimate how important it is. Please pray for us. Uh, we'll share later about some of the challenges we've faced, but we need your prayers. We need your support, and to know that God's people here are, are praying for us is a great, um, a great value to us. One last thing, too. Welcome. What do I mean by Welcome. Uh, the nations are coming to America. People, people from all over the world are coming here. Many from countries that have restrictive governments or have religious systems that make it very hard to share the gospel openly. Uh, yesterday morning, I, I've started a friendship um, with a mainland Chinese, young, young man from mainland China who's getting his master's um, in Vancouver, Washington. And I just had a wonderful talk establishing a relationship with him. My thought on it is if we're going to do it in Taiwan, we have to be doing it here as well. Um, and we'll see where this relationship goes. At the very least, he will know where we stand and that we are in this relationship with God and that this relationship is a blessing to my family and a blessing to us and that it overflows. You are blessed. You are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. Don't forget it. So how will this, how will this blessing overflow from who you are to the nations? Uh, let, me, let me close with two things. I'd like to close with a st story that happened this week in tennis. Uh, and a passage from revelation that's eternal. First, the story. Rafael Nadal was playing a charity tennis match in Mallorca, Spain, and he is about to serve the ball to none other than John McEnroe. Who knew that John McEnroe is still playing tennis? He's about to serve to John McEnroe when he drops his hands and he looks up to the crowd. You can see this, it's on YouTube. He looks up to the crowd, and there's a mother there, and she's saying, Clara, Clara, she can't find her daughter, Clara, soon other people in the crowd 
are calling out the name. You hear it throughout the crowd, and the camera is going to different areas. Suddenly, the camera sees the girl, and she's standing there about four years old, like this, crying. The mother rushes through the crowd, maybe 25 meters, and the daughter at first is like this, crying. She sees her mother, reaches out her arms, the mother embraces her, and that little girl gives her one of those neck hugs that every parent loves and hates at the same time, and just squeezes her mother, and they both weep. What did the crowd do? Erupted. 7,000 people erupted in applause. The lost was found. And I tell you, as, uh, as the great hymn, Amazing Grace, speaks about, you know, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. When the lost is found and it's put on display for the world to see, it's a wonderful thing. It draws people in. Put your foundness on display for the world to know. And let it also be uh, the motivation for the world to know. Child of God, your Father has found you. You are blessed. Now the book of Revelation. Uh, this, is, this is from the uh, New Testament reading. Just before this, I want to mention, in this passage, Revelation 4, uh, the Apostle John has had the opportunity to go into a door that is standing open in heaven. Now if you're just reading through the book of Revelation, and you read, and he walked through a door into heaven, that's when you grab your Bible and you pull it forward and you're like, this is getting good. This is getting good. If we truly believe this is the word of God, this is when it really is getting exciting. And there is a song that is sung. And it's sung to Jesus. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The question is not whether the nations will come before the throne of God. It's done. It will happen. The question is, how are you going to be involved? Or how can you be involved? Maybe you will go. Maybe you will send. We can all pray. And there's many opportunities to welcome. Thank God for the blessing, and may the nations praise him. May God bless you. May he bless us. May he bless Ascension Presbyterian Church. So that. So that the world may know his way. All peoples may know his salvation. Let's pray. Father, we, we start with thanking you. Thanking you that you are not just merely the best of the gods. You are the one true God. You are the creator. 
You are the sender of your Son, Jesus Christ, who made a way for us to be in this relationship with you. I pray that we, um, we look in awe at this blessing, that we give thanks for it, and then we allow it to overflow to others here in Hillsborough and on to the ends of the world. Uh, we give you all the praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.